We're not here just to do what the devil tells us to do. We're here to walk in obedience to God under the freedom that Jesus Christ brings. And you will know the truth and it will make you free. And he whom the Son frees is free indeed. Come out of Egypt. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. everyone and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues the exciting series entitled Piercing the Darkness. Have you ever read the Bible or listened to a sermon about Israel wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years and thought, what in the world are these guys thinking? It seems as though they were completely incapable of making a good decision. Our next thought is to ask ourselves, if we lived back then, would we have done the same things the Israelites did? I mean, they had the physical presence of God in a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. They could just look up and see His presence among them and yet still made the wrong choices. Today, Pastor Jeff talks about the children of Israel in the wilderness and what they were thinking during that journey. So grab your Bibles and let's go right to his message, Wanted, a church with a changed mind. A church with a changed mind. Let's read these powerful verses out of 1 Corinthians 10, 6. Uh, this is part five of this series, and I'm going to go as long as the Lord tells me to. How many of you know that we need to have churches that are making a difference? If ever, now's the time. All right, let's read. Now, Paul writes something about the Old Testament people who went through the wilderness, delivered from Egypt, eventually got into the promised land. Here's what he says about their wilderness journey. He says, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Now look what he says. These things happened to them, the children of Israel, as examples to us and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. God is talking to us about a church that makes a difference. There are two kinds of churches in this country right now, I assure you. One kind is the church caving into the culture losing their saltiness. Their lampstand is being removed by the Lord, though a lot of them don't even know it. And their influence for Christ is gone. Second kind of church is the church that is piercing the darkness. With what? With the Word of God. With the message of Jesus Christ. Piercing the darkness with love. With honesty, with integrity, with the gospel message unwatered down, undiluted, unpolluted, but staying with the Word of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be one that pierces the darkness or I will go do something else. God has called us to be a church that pierces the darkness. And what I saw this week is there's hundreds and even thousands of churches of the same mindset to pierce the darkness and make a difference. Now, in this passage, the Apostle Paul is holding up for us 
the children of Israel as an example of what we should not do. We're encouraged to study what they went through in the wilderness for our own good and for our own example. God allowed to happen to them what happened for our learning upon whom the ends of the ages have come. We are right now at the end of time as we have known it. And at the precipice of the return of Jesus Christ, I hope you're aware of that. Now when we look at them, we see that we're not to go where they went. We're not to think like they thought. We're not to fall like they fell. When we look at them, we see that their problem all throughout the Old Testament, and hear me carefully, this is what it's all about today, their problem was their thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Their problem was their thinking, how they thought, how they viewed their circumstances, how they viewed God, how they processed their experiences as they walked with Him. The children of Israel passed through three stages in their walk with God. When we look at the Word of God, we say, okay, Paul, I'm going to look at them and I'm going to learn from them. So as we look at the Word of God, here's what we see. They went through three stages in their walk with God. The first one was Egypt. The second one, the wilderness, and the third one, the promised land. Egypt, wilderness, promised land. Those were the three stages they passed through. And if you'll notice, in each of the three stages, they had to learn some important lessons before God allowed them to step into the next level that He had for them. Now, I believe the church ought to be going from faith to faith, glory to glory, new level to new level always progressing, always moving on. And every time they had to go to a new level, church, they had to change the way they were thinking. They had to change their thoughts, the way they viewed things, the way they viewed God, the way they viewed themselves. Now let me give you a few examples of the lessons that they went through. In Egypt, they learned that God was mighty to deliver. In the wilderness, they learned that He was mighty to provide. And in the promised land, they learned that God was mighty to conquer. So they learned, He is my deliverer. He's my provider. He's my conqueror. In Egypt, they learned to pray, get us out of here. In the wilderness, they learned to trust, living on that manna day by day. In the promised land, they learned to occupy. Every stage brought a different lesson. In Egypt, there was an anointing on a man, Moses. In the wilderness, there was an anointing on a place, the tabernacle. In the promised land, there was an anointing on them, the people. In Egypt, they had a promise of deliverance. In the wilderness, they had a problem with trust. And until they learned to trust, they could not go into the promised land. In the promised land, they had a place of fulfillment. In Egypt, they requested their freedom. In the wilderness, they were tested for faith. In the promised land, they rested on God's answer. Now, all of this was a type and a shadow, a symbol, a picture, a foretelling of New Testament realities. Now let me give you an example here. Let's look at Egypt for a minute. In the Bible, 
When you read about Egypt, when we see the children of Israel enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, Egypt is a picture of the world and of our spiritually lost condition in that world. Think about it in the Egypt. In Egypt, the Hebrew people were in bitter bondage under a cruel taskmaster, Pharaoh. They did what he did, went where he allowed them to go, served the way he commanded them to serve. They were kept in bondage. They were kept in chains. Likewise, the New Testament parallel, we were in Egypt, that is, in bondage to sin. And our taskmaster was not Pharaoh, but Satan. When God delivered his people, they crossed the Red Sea. The Red Sea was a picture of the utter impossibility of true deliverance without supernatural intervention. Remember, uh, they looked at the sea and here comes Pharaoh's army behind them. And Moses said, what are we going to do? And God said to Moses, hold out the stick. Now think about this. The children of Israel cried for deliverance. And what did God send them? A man that couldn't talk good with a stick. A man that couldn't talk good, stuttered, and had a stick. But God said, hold out that stick. And he did the impossible that sea parted. And when they crossed over the Red Sea with God holding the waters back on either side, don't you know you stayed right with God at that moment? Water up here, water here. Don't you know there was no hidden sin in your life? It was like, yes, 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 hallelujah, glory to God. And you kept on walking. But with the sea on either side of them, that was a picture of the day when Jesus alone would lead us across the impossible barrier of sin between us and God. Moses took them where they could never have gone. Jesus took us where we could never have gone. Moses led them through the sea to freedom. Jesus led us through His blood to freedom. The pathway of their deliverance, the Red Sea, became the very thing that destroyed their enemy when the waters came crashing in on Pharaoh and his armies. And listen to this, likewise, the pathway of our deliverance, the blood of Jesus Christ, is the very thing that destroyed our enemy, the devil. Now think with me again, every time God led his people to a new level, Egypt, the wilderness, the promised land, the new levels, the changes, the transformations, the transitions. He required of them a change in the way they thought, a change in their thinking. As a man thinks, as a man thinks, as a man thinks, that is what he is. They had to change their mind about some things. Now, let me show you what I mean by this. In Egypt, they had a slave mentality. Ever the victim, always the victim, they had to change that thinking to the belief that God had something better or they would never have left. In Egypt they thought like slaves. We answer to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's our provider. Pharaoh takes care of us. Pharaoh tells us how to live. Pharaoh tells us how to die. We do the bidding of Pharaoh. That was all they'd ever known for 400 years. And then Moses came along and said, no, no, no. I've got a vision for you. Now I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So slave mentality in Egypt. In the wilderness, they had a self-centered mentality. It was all about them. If they had a motto, it was this. It's all about me and what I want. Wilderness mentality, all about me and what I want. 
In the promised land, they had a conqueror's mentality. I can do all things through my God. Where are you today? You got a slave mentality? Or do you have an all-about-me mentality? Or do you have a conqueror's mentality? Are you slave-minded, self-centered-minded, or conquering-minded? The church that pierces the darkness is going to be the last one. You know that's where I'm going. God wants us to be promised land thinkers. Now watch this. In Egypt, they were passive, always the victim. In the wilderness, they were preoccupied, always self-absorbed. But in the promised land, they were possessors, constantly conquering. In Egypt, they were absorbed in their circumstances. In the wilderness, they were absorbed in themselves. In the promised land, they were absorbed in God. In Egypt, they anguished in slavery. In the wilderness, they languished in unbelief. But in the promised land, they vanquished their enemies. In Egypt, they wanted out. In the wilderness, they wanted more. In the promised land, they wanted God. In Egypt, they focused on what they didn't have. In the wilderness, they focused on what they couldn't have. But in the promised land, they focused on what God wanted them to have. Is anybody hearing me today? You're in one of these three. In Egypt, they were in pain. In the wilderness, they constantly complained. In the promised land, they proclaimed the glory of God. My point is this. In each and every phase they went through, each and every time they moved to a new level, God changed their thinking. And until their thinking changed, they never stepped up. They never stepped in. They never moved on. They sat, soaked, and soured until their thinking changed. They had to change their minds about how they viewed themselves. Who am I? About how they viewed God. Who is He? About their circumstances. What is this all about? And about their divine destiny. Do I have a purpose or not? No wonder the Bible says this. Listen carefully. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I've got to read that again. This is out of the Message Bible. Hear me, church. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Do you want to be transformed? Do you realize that you can't move forward until your mind is being renewed? That you're going to sit, soak, and sour right where you are until your mind is renewed? So let me read it again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. This world is not my teacher. This world is not what I'm to conform to. But I am to shape the world. The world is not to shape me. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, what is good and pleasing and perfect. You will not move on in the will of God until your mind is renewed and He changes the way you think, the way you view yourself, the way you view God, the way you view your destiny, the way you view your purpose, the way you see your circumstances. Your mind's got to be changed. Now let me deal with the first hurdle, slavery thinking. Slavery thinking was characterized by three things. And here they were, visionless, I see nothing for myself. Hopeless, I have nothing to look forward to. Helpless, there's nothing I can do to change things. Know anybody like that? Are you like that? You're saved, but do you think that way? 
Here they are, visionless. I don't see a thing for myself. Hopeless. There's nothing for me to look forward to. Helpless. There's not a thing I can do to change things. That's slavery thinking. And do you know that unfortunately slavery thinking is still a part of many Christians thinking? I see nothing for myself. I've got nothing to look forward to. And there's not a thing I can do to change things. I'm stuck. Caught in a trap. Can't get out. Don't know where to go. Don't know what to do. Don't see anything. When I wake up in the morning, I don't say amen. I say, oh me. Usually people with slavery thinking, I've noticed this because they're in the church. People with slavery thinking don't spend much time in the Word of God. They're not in a church that preaches the Word of God. And they're still ignorant of God's plan for their lives. Because listen, you can't be a child of God and stay in slavery thinking. Oh, no, no, no. You can't be a child of God and wake up for very long and say, I see nothing for myself. I've got nothing to look forward to. And there's nothing I can do to change things. You can't be in the Word of God and be a child of God and think that way. Because our God has a purpose for you. You are custom designed to make a difference. There is a gift in you and there is a hope in you. And Jeremiah said... God speaking through him, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future, to give you a future, to give you a future and a hope. Now what we see with Israel as they anguished in Egypt is they really did not know who they were and they did not know what was out there for them in God. See, the word of the Lord, one message, one sentence out of God's mouth can change the way you think. They've been in Egyptian bondage for 400 years. It was all they had known. All I know is the drumbeat of Pharaoh. All I know is chains. All I know is doing what I don't want to do because I'm under Pharaoh. This is all I've known. So what does God do? He sends His Word to you. And some of you, you're in slavery thinking. You wake up and you say, this is all I've ever known. I'm hooked on this, hooked on that. I'm under bondage. I'm under slavery. I answer to Pharaoh. And I've got news for you. That is not the will of God. And greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And God doesn't want you walking in slavery thinking. See, you don't know what you don't have till somebody comes along and tells you there's more. You don't know what you don't have till somebody comes with good news and says, life is more than this. So God sent Moses and here's what he said to him. He said, tell my people, I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they heard that and they said, there's more. This isn't all there is. And I want to say to somebody listening by radio right now, you're driving in your car, you're sitting in rush hour traffic, or you're in your home, and you're believing a lie that this is all there is, that you're born under a bad sign, that there's no future for you, no hope for you, and I want you to know Jesus Christ came to set you free. There is more. He gave them a vision to show them that they were not visionless, hopeless, and helpless. And he does the same thing for us today. The words of Jesus. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. There's more. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may be where I am also. There is more. There is more. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in sheer abundance. There's more. We're not born to slavery. We're born to life. We're not here just to do what the devil tells us to do. We're here to walk in obedience to God under the freedom that Jesus Christ brings. And you will know the truth and it will make you free. And he whom the Son frees is free indeed. Come out of Egypt. Those of you that have been delivered from Egypt... But Egypt is not out of you yet. You need to hear this today. God came to set you free. So Jesus says to everybody enslaved to sin, there is more to life than this. There's more. And then there's wilderness thinking. Wilderness thinking is it's all about me thinking. It revolved around what they wanted, when they wanted it, and how they wanted it. It was all about them. They were, in essence, what we would call today spoiled brats. They were totally focused on their need. Sound like anybody you know? Totally focused on their needs. Their needs were their God. Not God. They served their needs. Not God. It was all about their needs being met. Not God's. In each and every phase... Each and every time the Israelites moved to a new level, their thinking had to change. They had to change their minds about how they viewed God and their circumstances and their divine destiny. No wonder the Bible says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember this. God transforms suffering people into comforters. He brings gain out of pain. Join Pastor Jeff next time as he continues with part two of the message, Wanted, a church with a changed mind. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Wanted, a church with a changed mind, is the fifth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Piercing the Darkness. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Piercing the Darkness, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. 
Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.